This is Josh Allen, and you're listening to Roster Watch. Ladies and gentlemen, Roster Watch Nation, welcome back to the epic Roster Watch podcast brought to you by rosterwatch.com and presented by mybookie.ag. Go to mybookie.ag right now for a 100% deposit bonus up to $1,000 for you to go uh, gamble with, splash around with, have a little bit of fun in the sports betting markets. Uh, This is the Week two DFS breakdown and walkthrough podcast that we'll talk about for DraftKings and for FanDuel. As usual, we'll go game by game. And we will start today with the Detroit Lions at the Green Bay Packers. Before we start, just a quick request from you guys. If you like these podcasts and you want us to keep doing them with the same frequency, we have the Tradecast that's going to be coming up. We're going to be putting Trash Man's Fantasy Fallout on this podcast feed as well. Um you know, between my show on Roto Grinders and getting the prep out for the Sunday morning show and everything like that, this podcast is usually uh, it's it's kind of hard to it's kind of hard to get all this done along with the Vegas tool and everything else on Saturday. So if, if you like it and you find it useful, if you could give us a five star rating in Apple Podcasts uh, to do that, it's really really simple. All you need to do is just like inside the podcast. Um, Inside, like your podcast uh, player, you just scroll down to where the stars are and just hit the stars. And like, if you just do that, that it, it would it would mean the world to us. I, I don't like to always ask about that stuff, but um, we put a lot of work into this. So if you could just rate review the pod. If you're here on YouTube watching, thank you so much. Uh, any comments or you know, bring I don't know, subscribe, ring ring the bell. All that YouTube shit that people beg for, but I'm I'm I mainly care about the Apple Podcast stuff. So if you guys could get that done, I would certainly appreciate it. All right, Detroit Lions at Green Bay Packers. Uh, this game is going to be one that features the most highly owned, probably the most highly owned wide receiver on the slate in Devontae Adams. The Packers here are six point favorites in a. Um, in a 49 and a half over under. So a, a game that looks pretty stackable here from the start we have. Um, so we have 86% of the handle is on the Packers along with 91% of the actual bets. So everybody's all over the Packers and they're pretty much getting all the sharp support in the world for it. We do have uh, the over here receiving 74% of the bets and 87% of the money. So the public's on the over in this game and the 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 sharps are actually piling on even heavier than the public in the over. So they think this game's going to shoot out. And it, it makes sense when we start on the Green Bay side that Devontae Adams would be the highest owned player uh, at the receiver position on the entire slate, uh, being projected somewhere between 20 and 25 percent ownership. Now, I, I think the reason why it's not higher is simply because 
people are, we're, we'll, we'll get into it, but people on DraftKings are going to want to play Zeke Elliott. They're going to want to play Derrick Henry. And likely they're going to want to play Jonathan Taylor at the, in cash at their three running back spots and maybe even in tournaments. Those guys are going to be just so popular. They're in, they're in great spots. And I just, if you put those three guys in, let me just do it right. Like if you put in, um, this is sort of just kind of an overview kind of deal. But if you put in Derrick Henry, you put in Ezekiel Elliott, you put in Devontae Adams, and in your flex, you go down here to 5,700, and you put in Jonathan Taylor, that only leaves you with like 4,000 left per position. So even if you go way down here, the, the chalky quarterback play this week will probably be Kyler Murray. So you put Kyler Murray in, and then you spent all the way down at your uh, defense. You go with like the – Go with the Jets at two two K. That leaves you only four K per position left at tight end and the two wide receivers. Now at tight end, we do have a nice play here in Chris Herndon. So you put him in at thirty four hundred. Uh, you have forty three hundred left to play with at your last two uh, spots. But I feel like a lot of people are going to want to get in uh, these guys like more in the mid tier. We'll talk about Amari Cooper. We'll talk about Michael Gallup. We'll talk about some of these other guys, Terry McLaurin. Um, it's going to be tough. It's going to be a tough deal this week if you want to get in Devontae Adams along with the rest of those guys. But he's certainly, I mean, <laughs> look, if we're looking for a guy that looks about as sure of a play as we could imagine, um, Devontae Adams, I mean, last week he was, we told you here on this podcast that he was the top play on the entire uh on the entire on the entire slate at the at the wide receiver position it wasn't particularly close even with michael thomas i mean he had had a 41 percent market share last week of his team's targets um just the had the highest weighted opportunity of any wide receiver on the slate played 97 percent of snaps just 14 targets on seven i mean 14 catches on 17 targets uh he ended up with 41.6 fantasy points last week in ppr which was a 11 fantasy points over expectation. So we should expect that to fall back, even in situations that are neutral to what that one was. I'm not sure that this situation versus the Lions is neutral compared to what happened versus Minnesota last week because the Detroit Lions will be getting back rookie Jeffrey Okuda, their third overall pick in the NFL draft. And a guy that I've been watching ever since he was in sophomore in high school at, you know, Grand Prairie. He's an awesome player, but he is a rookie. He's coming off an injury. This will be his first NFL game. I, um, Devontae Adams isn't in a dome this week. He, you know, he, but I guess he is at home in, in Green Bay. I just, he's still underpriced at 8,100. He probably should be more like 9K. I just, with the construction this week, I don't know how I'm going to be getting to him. And, you know, I, my friend Derek Cardi, who I do the Blitz show with on Roto Grinders right before I do this, was saying that in his projection system, the Blitz, he has DeAndre Hopkins actually is as, a higher raw score this week than Devonte Adams. So if you're interested in looking to fade Devonte Adams, I, I don't think it's, um, I don't think it'll necessarily be because you want to fade him or you think he's in a particularly bad spot or that he's not awesome or that he just doesn't dominate, you know, absolutely dominate his, his team's market share with a quarterback in Aaron Rodgers that looks like he's bounced back. It's just that you're not going to be that much different than the rest of the field. And you're going to, you're going to, you're going to hamper your ability to really stack up those running backs. Like I'd be interested in doing certainly a lot of different ways to go about this. We're going to talk about some wide receivers through the mid range and some that are a little bit lower 
uh, through the, like just even the 4Ks that are really, really appealing. So there are just a million different ways that you can go this week. Devontae Adams, though, well, last week I said you got to get him in everywhere. I, I think I think I love getting him in this week, but I don't think you have to get him in everywhere simply because a lot of roster constructions aren't going to allow you to. Aaron Jones is not going to be very highly owned at all. Um, it's probably sub five percent ownership, and he's going to be a he's going to be a good he's going to be a good pivot. This is a high scoring game where the sharps think that there's going to be a, a lot of action, even more action than the public that's all over it. So, Aaron Jones is is fine. I'm not going to go back to uh, Marquez Valdez Scantling. Um, uh, last week, what was his target numbers? I just I just know that his props everywhere this week are at two and a half receptions, and there's heavy, heavy juice on the over there. He scored 10.3 fantasy points over expectation last week, four catches on uh, six targets for uh, at, a, at a clip of um, uh, 53.8% of the snaps. Alan Lazard last week played 87.2% of snaps and caught all of his targets. Uh, all these guys just last week, super efficient. I, I mean, we talked about Devontae Adams being 11 fantasy points over expectation, both Alan Lazard and Marquez Valdez-Scantling, both 10 points over fantasy expectation in PPR. And so basically half of, you know, um, they were what you would have expected based on their opportunity was basically, uh, was basically half of what each of those guys got. I know that the matchup this week isn't getting that much, um, you know, that much harder and maybe we should expect more of the same, but um, uh, it's, I I just, I feel like any, any way that I'm going to stack up this game is going to have to involve Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams. And that just makes it super difficult to get in some of the other players that I like on the Detroit side. We, you know, talk about, you know, if you talk about fantasy points versus uh, fantasy points over expectation for last week, Marvin Jones has to be, it wasn't that great. He only scored three and a half points under uh, his fantasy expectation, getting 9.5 points in PPR, but uh, he was on the field for 91% of snaps. Uh, It's just the, just the, uh, the target share just wasn't, wasn't, wasn't there for Marvin Jones last week, only a 19.5% target share uh, from Matthew Stafford. You figure he probably has to bounce back green Bay, our number nine matchup of the week with no uh, Kenny Galladay here in this spot. It should open up to the targets, theoretically continue to open up targets for him, but it could also mean that he gets uh, Jair Alexander. I'm not going to play, Adrian Peterson, I'm not going to play – God damn, Jesus, I would never play Kerryon Johnson. Not going to play DeAndre Swift, even though better days are going to be ahead for that guy. I could not believe that drop last week. Uh, what about here with um, – let me just look and make sure that there weren't any kind of you know sneaky matchup stuff that I could have been leaving out. So Green Bay is fate. So, I mean, look, Detroit is going to be a good matchup for the opposing quarterback and the opposing receivers. And I just, I think if, you know, if you want to stack Aaron Rodgers and you want to play him with Devontae Adams or um, Devontae Adams and Alan Lazard, that's, that's fine. I just don't know on the, um, I don't know who on the Detroit side, I'm super excited about bringing it back with, I guess you'll get low ownership on Marvin Jones. I don't know if I'm super excited to play him this week. So that, Coupled with the fact that Devontae makes, you know, getting Ezekiel Elliott and Derrick Henry in the same lineup pretty much un, uh, 
pretty pretty close to impossible on DraftKings to make it a lineup you like. On FanDuel, it's just different. On FanDuel, you can plug those guys in, stick in Paris Campbell, um, get in a cheap tight end like Logan Thomas, pay all the way down at, at defense, and you can make a you can make a, a decent looking cash lineup um, with with uh, with. Devonte Adams with Jonathan Taylor with Derrick Henry and Zeke Elliott on on DraftKings. I don't I don't think that you can I don't think that you can do it. And certainly I don't think that that would be the type of team that you would want to put into a uh, put in put it in, put into a lineup. It looks like we have oh, our boy Minion Hunter. I am on his cast. Sorry, I've been missing these uh, questions. Can touch on CD. The hurricane could disrupt Ravens Texans. Hurricane with the cat the tropical storm the tropical storm Beta. Um, I don't think that'll disrupt anything. Um, but yeah, I'll definitely when we get to the when we get to the Texans game, we'll we'll talk about it. But that tropical storm, slow moving man, I'll, with the dry air coming down, people don't care about me talking about this dry air coming down through Central Texas. I just I think I think that thing's going to veer off. Um, all right, off the rails already, man. All right, uh, on to the next game: San Francisco 49ers at the New York Jets. This game has a – let's see if I can find the totals here. I'm using a different site today for these totals. So we have the, the 49ers are seven-point favorites. Jesus Christ, 96% of the tickets are on the 49ers over at DraftKings, 97% of the money. Only 4% of the tickets and 3% of the money are on the Jets to cover this seven points. So everybody thinks the Jets suck. Le'Veon Bell is out. Um, it looks like LaMichael P. Ryan could make a return this week, but if he does, he'll only be somebody that's backing up Frank Gore, who's like 48 years old. Um, no interest there. No, look, here's where the interest boils down to on the Jets side. And it's a very important thing to know is Chris Herndon is really coming um, into play for me on DraftKings as a tight end that I can pay down for and get up to some of these other guys. Look, Jamison Crowder is going to be out of this game. He got hurt Thursday. Was it Thursday? Yeah, Thursday at practice, missed Friday. He's already listed as out. Rashad Perriman has been banged up. We know that Denzel Mims has a couple of bad hamstrings. I don't know who the I don't know who's Donald's going to be throwing to. This is a this is a 49ers team that comes in much like last week, they're going to be playing a ton of zone. Darnold is going to want to pick these guys off just right over the middle of the field like he did for Crowder last week. Crowder had a big game. Now, that throw wasn't over the middle. That was sort of a uh, a screenplay over to the boundary. But you know what I mean? He, it's these lower uh, average depth of target type of plays. And, and Chris Herndon is uh, – I mean, what did you – I mean, if you just tack on to, tack on to what he did last week, Herndon um, – so seven targets and six receptions last week. Yeah, like he he's gonna Chris Hernan's gonna probably get ten targets in this game. And for thirty, what is he, thirty six hundred, thirty, thirty four hundred? Uh, I mean, and I'm seeing it projected as only being like ten percent owned and stuff like that. And I just I don't understand how somebody like that could be ten percent owned. I understand that the matchup tool says that the San Francisco 49ers are this week's toughest matchup for opposing tight ends. I understand that it might make it a little bit easier on the outside for the wide receivers to get open. Um, whenever you have a guy like Richard Sherman missing, but the fact is who's going to be like, who's going to be doing it? Was it going to be fucking, is it going to be Chris Hogan and stuff? It's like, like Donald doesn't have any connection with him. He have any connection with Berkshaw Perriman. 
He has, he has a connection with Chris Herndon and Jamison Crowder. Jamison Crowder is going to be out of this game. Um, Herndon just a great play on on DraftKings. I'm, I'm not so sure on FanDuel at 5100. Um, he's like on DraftKings though. He represents a full two uh, percentage points of your salary less. So um, Chris Herndon on FanDuel and on, I mean on the San Francisco side. There's no George Kittle, so uh, staying on the tight ends, there are going to be some people who are going to be interested in um, uh, in uh, what's it, Jordan Reed or Ross Dwelly. It's like to me, there's no need to go there when we have Herndon at 3,400. So you know, if you're if you're paying down, I think that probably Chris Herndon is one of the one of the better values. I, I was sort of we'll get to this stuff about Johnny Smith. I, I do I do like Johnny Smith and I do like the idea of maybe paying up for Kelsey and just being different because if you do that you're gonna have a lineup that's different from everybody else's in a week where there's a lot of chalk and I, honestly a lot of what I perceive as good chalk. But you know look with Tevin Coleman going to be coming back into full form this week, no air quality issues like there were last week. We saw Jarek McKinnon getting a really involved. It's just like, do you really want to play Raheem Mostert in this, in this type of spot? I'm just, I'm not sure, but God, this, this public betting percentage, 96% of tickets, 97% of the money at the DraftKings Sportsbook is on the San Francisco 49ers minus seven. I mean, I, I can't believe they haven't moved that line. It's just, Maybe they know something that maybe they know something that we don't know. I, I don't think they do. The Jets are a bad football team. The New York Giants at the Chicago Bears. Um, some interesting plays here in this one for sure. Um, the Giants are five and a half point underdogs traveling to Chicago. Sixty three percent of the tickets and fifty one percent of the money uh, on the Giants here. The Bears have thirty seven percent of the tickets and forty nine percent of the money. So the Sharps are a little bit more on the Bears uh, in the minus five and a half point spread here. The over under in this game is forty two. Sixty percent of the tickets and forty five percent of the money are on the over. So the public is on the over, but the Sharps are on the under here. Forty percent of the tickets, fifty five percent of the money. Uh, we'll talk about it when we get to Dallas, but you know, the, you know, Dallas does have a little bit of an offensive line issue. We know that they lost Travis Frederick coming into this year. They've been depending on guys like Joe Looney and I think Joe, yeah, um, yeah, and um, Connor Williams. Let me make sure I'm just not brain farting away with that. Like they've been depending on Connor Williams and those guys, and now, uh, now we have. Tyron Smith, stud left tackle, that looks like he's going to be a true game time decision with a neck. And we're not even talking Cowboys yet, but I just wanted to make sure. Yeah, Looney, Con- yeah, Connor. Okay, so with Le- with Lel Collins already, you know, banged up too. Now we don't have Tyron Smith. That's just maybe if you want. I'm, I'm just saying, if you want to poke holes in Zeke Elliott and find a way to get off a 30 percent runner. Saquon Barkley kind of fits the bill. The Bears lost their starting three, well, three technique slash nose tackle uh, before the start of the season. What's his name? Goldman. Um, you know, they weren't, ex- you know, it's not exactly the tough run opponent that the Pittsburgh Steelers were last week for Saquon Barkley. Nobody's going to be want to be on Barkley, but they're going to continue to give him the football. They're going to continue to utilize him in the passing game. I kind of like him as a tournament play this week. If he's going to be like sub five uh, percent owned, 
Uh, let me just look at our let me look at our ranking sheet here just so I can see what we have about Saquon. Yeah, so he's plus one fifteen to score this week. He was still, I mean, he was still targeted uh, nine times last week, and he, his fantasy scoring last week just based on his usage. Even, I mean, he got he got twenty one touches in a in a regular game. He w- he was basically twelve points on, on under fantasy expectation last week. So at Chicago, even though we have it as a tough matchup for runners still, that thing's going to continue trending down. I think that Saquon is fine to play this week. I'm not over the moon about really anybody else, though. I, I think that, you know, if I'm playing the Giants side, I, that's the, probably the one one-off that I am interested in. Um, we'll, we'll, see, we'll see what happens if Darius Slayton can keep it up and just keep getting in the end zone, man. The trash man sure does, sure does love that. On the Chicago Bears side, uh, we talked about pivots. One of the guys, I mean, we're going to talk about Jonathan Taylor. One of the real pivots off of that guy is uh, is going to be David Montgomery here in this spot. The New York Giants, we saw last week what Benny Snell was able to, that was Benny Snell, right? Yeah, Benny Snell was able to do against those guys. David Montgomery is minus 105. Um Again, for to to score a touchdown this week, he had 17 opportunities um, last week, and didn't what was was not able to get uh, much done with them. He's probably due for uh, a little bit of a little bit of positive regression from his what 8.4 fantasy points. I mean, he was only he only got one reception last week on three targets. That thing could have gone a lot better and a lot um, been a lot different kind of game for David Montgomery. So. Uh, I like him, you know, if you're just, if you don't want to be with the crowd that goes and gets, gets on Jonathan Taylor and Jonathan Taylor week and his first big showcase or what we assume is his first big showcase game for the Indianapolis Colts, you pay 100 down for David Montgomery. Who's going to be less than probably what four, four, 3% owned for a tournament play. I think it's fine. Allen Robinson squeaky wheel narrative this week. He wants a new contract. He wants to be more involved. You love to hear all of it. A Rob deserves every bit of it that he can, he can possibly get. Um, he's another one of these guys. Last week, you know, four points under fantasy expectation for him. I mean, this this, this guy had nine targets. He was in on eighty five percent of the snaps, twenty five percent of his team's market share. Also, one of the highest. Let's see, what was his weighted opportunity rating from last week? His weighted opportunity rating from last week was tied for tenth best on the whole entire slate, behind DeAndre Hopkins, Julian Edelman, Devontae Adams, Amari Cooper. Uh, Will Fuller, Mike Williams, for another guy who we'll talk about, DK Metcalf and Adam Thielen. So uh, certainly he's getting the usage. He gets our number four matchup of the entire week versus the New York Giants. I think for that same reason, Anthony Miller is also in, in, in play for sure. Uh, if you want to go with Jimmy Graham, you can go ahead and go with him. I, I, <laughs> I don't like playing dead guys. Let's make sure that the Bears here we have. Oh, okay, so we have. Uh, Khalil Mack and Robert Quinn, both questionable. So both things that um, probably, you know, probably help Saquon Barkley, because if those guys are questionable coming off the edge, it means a lot more, um, you know, a lot more dump offs over into the flats for a guy like Barkley that Jason Garrett could work into the game plan there. Let's move on here to the next one. We need to pick it up a little bit here. We will go to the Los Angeles Rams at the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, this game, if you'll bear with me again, I'm, 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 on, I'm using a new site here for the uh, using a new site here for the odds and stuff, and it's taking me a while. Let's see, just Rams. 
the Rams are one point favorites, uh, 86% of the tickets on the Rams, along with 84% of the money. So no one, no one's on Philly after they looked like such crap last week when Lane Johnson was hurt, 14% of the tickets, 16% of the money looks like, whew, okay. So here's something interesting. The over under is 45 and a half. We have 72% of the tickets on the over in this game, but only 28% of the money. So sharp money coming in on the under in this game. And to be honest, I don't I can't tell you the plays that I really love. I mean, I was trying, I'm trying to think. I, I look, I think Carson Wentz is gonna be better this year than he was versus the Washington football team. We told you last week about the about the Washington front seven and about how that was gonna be tough if we found out Lane Johnson wasn't gonna go. It seems like Lane Johnson's gonna go this week. Ah. Uh, I mean, on the Philly, who who can you get excited about? Jalen Rager showed some nice. Look, here's the thing about Deshaun Jackson. Here's the thing about Jalen Rager. Here's the thing about all of it. There are guys in that same price range who are going to be, be better plays. At the tight end position, if I'm paying up, I want to get to Mark Andrews. I don't want to get to Zach Ertz or Dallas Goddard. Maybe Miles Sanders. He's come, it's his first game healthy. This for him, let's see, the Philadelphia Eagles. We have the Philadelphia Eagles as, ooh, let's see, versus. So this is our number 17 matchup for opposing runners. But if Miles Sanders is back and he's healthy, you can't think that they're not going to take advantage of that guy. And he's another guy. If you're scared about the Jonathan Taylor chalk and you don't want to play that in tournaments, um, maybe you could go to Miles Sanders. On the Rams side, I just – I'm not sure. I'm not sure what interest I really have. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna pay up for Malcolm Brown when Cam Akers lurks and could be part of this thing any you know any any day. Um, I'm not interested in. I'm not interested in Jared Goff or anybody he's throwing it to. I, I know that he's terrible under pressure and that Jim Schwartz's Eagles don't really don't really blitz, but they can get some interior pressure just from a really stout defensive front. I just like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to play these guys. I'm not going to, I don't want to play Robert Woods versus Darius Slay. Uh, I need to see more out of Cooper cup and, and his, and his volume. I do like that Woods and cup have now been, been paid. I just not, not much. I like in this game, you know, not much that our tools have identified as anything that uh, we should be getting too excited over. So let's just go on, go, go ahead and move on to the next one. The Jacksonville Jaguars, the Tennessee Titans, our tools have told us a lot of one, one man we should be really excited about in this one. The Tennessee Titans are nine point favorites in this game. Twelve, only twelve percent of the tickets on the on the uh, Titans, though only seven percent of the money. We have the massive public favorite here in the Jaguars and Minshew Mania. Eighty eight percent of the tickets and ninety three percent of the money. The public thinks this game's going over sixty seven percent. They could go over uh, forty two point five and seventy four percent of the money is on that same line. So. People think that Jacksonville is going to keep this thing closer and that this thing's going to stay, uh, that this thing's going to go high over, over 42 and a half. Derrick Henry has 118.5 yard rushing prop in this game. I don't, I can't, even at the height of Todd Gurley, you know, at the height of David Johnson, at the, even Zeke Elliott, who's still at his height, I can't remember a 120 point over under for the running back position. And it's just it's crazy to consider that you know Derrick Henry's you know facing the number two matchup of the week. He's minus two sixty five to score. For you guys that don't know what that means, he literally he's 
he's if you if you wanted to walk into a sports book in Las Vegas and bet that Derrick Henry was going to score a touchdown this week, the sports book teller would tell you, "All right, put down two hundred sixty-five dollars. If he scores a touchdown, you can come back and get your two hundred sixty-five bucks back, and we'll give you another hundred dollars. You have to risk two hundred sixty-five bucks to make a hundred if you want to bet that Derrick Henry's going to score a touchdown. Those are the same odds, actually, as Ezekiel Elliott this week, but definitely the two hugest odds on the whole entire slate. Christian McCaffrey only at minus one eighty-five. So go through that same exercise again you'll see that the sportsbook's not not as worried about christian mccaffrey scoring a touchdown as it is about those two guys and christian and these guys are two thousand bucks less than christian mccaffrey this week so it takes christian mccaffrey completely out of play for me especially considering that he will you know he wasn't able to do anything last year versus tampa in his two games i remember one of the games one of the games he, he got his ass saved by a couple of touchdowns, but the other, I think that was the game that we've talked about that versus Tampa. That was the game that was the overseas game, the game over in London. But the other game, it was the one time, you know, that was the one team that could shut down Christian McCaffrey last year was the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And that defense has only gotten better so far. So Derrick Henry, just a, just a core play. He's going to be owned by 30% of teams, but I don't care. I'm going to, I'm not going to just stand by and, Watch my teams get murdered by Derrick Henry. I'll find ways to differentiate elsewhere. Interestingly, on the Vegas tool, um, the two highest players up on the Vegas tool, and again, these are tools you can find with a pro membership at rosterwatch.com. The, in the Vegas tool, what I did, I got the 90, 90 props this week up in there. And at the very top of the sheet for DraftKings and FanDuel are Corey Davis and Adam Humphreys for their pricing. Corey Davis has been banged up this week. Adam Humphreys is puny and scrawny, but there's no AJ Brown. It's a good matchup versus Jacksonville. I'm probably not going to play either of them just because I don't feel like I need to get down that low. There's some guys that I like even in the low four K's much better than uh, Corey Davis or Adam Humphreys. But um, if you find yourself in a spot where, but maybe you want to play some of the, you want to play all the big dog running backs and you want to play Devontae Adams, I think a way to open it up is to play Herndon at tight end and to play Adam Humphreys at one of your wide receiver spots. Um, you know, that's, that's the kind of thing that you could, that's the kind of thing that you could maybe do and be able to salvage like an extra 45 to five K for your wide for your third wide receiver. Um, on on DraftKings, it, but it's, it feels it feels thin to play Adam Humphreys. You're you're really depending on volume, and we've seen that um, Ryan. Like, let's just see what what are Ryan Tannehill's attempts last year versus the. It doesn't seem like he's had many attempts versus the Jacksonville Jaguars, just because that's a game where you can just let Derrick Henry eat. But let's just see. So last year, number of attempts versus Jacksonville, only 18 attempts versus Jacksonville. In the one time that he in the one time that he faced them, so yep. If you get eighteen attempts, you're not gonna you're you're not gonna get massive volume to Adam Humphreys here in this game on the on the Jacksonville side. I'm not gonna play James Robinson. I, I think it's fine if you want to play him. It's just we talked about it last week. I generally like to avoid playing running backs in the same game. They generally don't correlate well with each other. Last week that bit me in the ass. I, I, I didn't, I just, I, I made it a rule to where I was not going to play Josh Jacobs and Christian McCaffrey in the same lineup. And that's what I should have done. 
So, I mean, it's not a hard and fast rule. It's not always right. But I, I, this isn't even a game that profiles for a game that just, like, if the, if, if, if Tennessee gets up on Jacksonville and keeps just running it down their throat with Derrick Henry, it doesn't, it doesn't, particularly sound like a good game script anyway for a guy like James Robinson. That's a bit of a plotter and a power back last week. You could have talked yourself into saying like, well, Christian McCaffrey's not your typical running back. You could be, you, he's a, he's a, he's a receiving offensive weapon too. So you can, <laughs> the whole thing about a running back going big, changing the game script for the other running back, right? Because that team gets down. And so his game script was completely fucked the way that we saw like Joe Mixon get completely fucked on Thursday night. Right. Um, you won't you wouldn't want to play you don't want to have played Nick Chubb and Joe Mixon in that matchup because of what happened, right? The, Joe Mixon gets taken out of the game at the very end. McCaffrey's not really like that, so I should have thought about that last week. That's why it's not a hard and fast rule. With a, with, with a guy like James Robinson and a guy like Derrick Henry, it feels like it should be a hard and fast rule. You can you can play LaVisca Chenault, you can play DJ Chark. DJ Chark, man, he's a, his props have been coming in really low and he did not. I mean, he was able to. He was able to get it done last week, but it didn't come on a lot of volume. Uh, did he only have three targets? I think he only had three targets. Let me see. TJ uh, Chart. Oh, three targets, three catches last week. He ended up scoring eleven point five fantasy points, which was five, which was five point seven points over his fantasy expectation. Was out there for uh, was out there for eighty four percent of snaps. But I mean, his his weighted opportunity number for reference was the same as guys like Cole Beasley, Sterling Shepard, um, Cooper Cup, who had a bad game. So we need that. Uh, we need the, the the opportunity share to move up, and the target share just fifteen percent. We need that to be bumped up as well. Lavisca Chanel always in play um, because Lavisca Chanel's a beast, and we love him here at here at Roster Watch. Uh, If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. The Carolina Panthers at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This game is going to be an interesting one for sure. In NFC South matchup here with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers is nine and a half point favorites. We have 42% of the tickets on the Bucks, along with 50% of the money. So a little bit of a lean with the public here for the Panthers to cover this nine and a half, but the money's 50, 50. It feels like the books and the public are pretty much in line here. Nobody knows what the hell to think about this. Uh, the over under is 47 and a half with 81% of the tickets on the over along with 74% of the money. So public's on the over sharps are pretty much on the over. Um, okay. No Chris Godwin. So what that does is it elevates Mike Evans in a terrific matchup here to what I almost feel like, you know, I know he was banged up last week. He did still play a bunch of snaps. He just wasn't utilized. We told you to treat Mike Evans as if he didn't exist last week in fantasy. And honestly, even though he scored the touchdown at the very end of the game in garbage time, it's still, it, that was all he did. You know, he, he didn't, he didn't, 
he didn't do anything else. So not playing Mike Evans last week was actually a pretty good move. Um, let's see, where is Mike Evans? Why the hell is he way down here? Um, he's, he's only $6,400 on DraftKings, which seems cockamamie. I mean, even though he was hurt, he played 92.9% of snaps last week. And you're telling me that Tom Brady's not just going to load up and go to this dude whenever Chris Godwin's hurt. And all he has besides him is Scotty Miller and Justin Watson in the number eight matchup of the week. I mean, Bruce Arians said last week, I mean, look, Mike Evans was hurt. Bruce Arians was saying last week, I mean, I, I thought it was prudent not to throw it to him. But Arians was saying he's pissed off he didn't get, get it to him more often. You know, he was angry about it. If you just feel like Mike Evans is going to be a big part of this game plan, he's, plug, he's, he's even money to score this week. I just, you know, 6400 on uh, DraftKings, 7400 on FanDuel, basically the exact same amount of your, uh, of your salary range on both. If you're not getting all the way up to um, to Devontae Adams, Mike Evans is just the kind of guy that fits right in the pocket there with the Amari Coopers of the world, with the Marquise Browns of the world, with a lot of these guys who you might want to be playing. I think Scotty Miller, probably a dude, you know, who you could maybe take a gamble on. People will think about him as like a little short slot guy because he is short and he's white and he is um, and he's small. And he looks kind of like Julian Edelman, but he, he's an outside receiver. Uh, we'll have Justin Watson probably sliding into the slot. And probably they'll be moving Mike Evans into the slot to get him the best matchups. Not that he needs any of the best matchups, but I, mean, I can't even imagine Mike Evans versus like guys like Troy Pride from Notre Dame, who we saw at the Senior Bowl. I mean, it should be a, it should be a print fest as long as he's, as long as he's healthy. As long as he's healthy. Um, let's see. Uh, so we have some Raiders news here. Looks like Henry Ruggs is still still questionable. So um, keep that in mind as we move forward. I don't think that game is on the main slate, though. Uh, on the Carolina side, we already talked about McCaffrey. I'm not doing it. I mean, DJ Moore, am I doing it? DraftKings, I'm not because he's the same price as Mike Evans. Um, you know, despite – not really going off too well last week. He's still pretty rates pretty highly here in weighted opportunity. Top 15 or so from last week. He scored about seven points under his fantasy expectation last week. So basically his expected points in the model was more like 17 fantasy points. He only ended up scoring 9.4. I think, I think it's just probably it's because of the, the inefficiency catching the football, nine targets, only four receptions. He wasn't on 86.6% of snaps. Look, people are going to be honing in on Robbie Anderson because he had the, he had the big game. But if you look at the same, I'm looking at the same expected points model. He was almost 12 points over his expected point total with the, with the 25.5. So things should ship back towards DJ Moore. No one's going to be on him. I'm not going to play him. Maybe for playing a stack with Tom Brady and Mike Evans, you could bring it back with DJ Moore. And you know what? If you want to play Christian McCaffrey, it's it's fine. It's just not the way I go about putting together a roster this week with how much I like Derrick Henry, how much I like Zeke Elliott, and this sort of mid-range run of um, wide receivers that we kind of keep talking about. All right, on to the next one. Denver at Pittsburgh. We have a to- and boy, man, the Steelers, what a badass defense. Seven and a half point favorites in this game, 71% of the tickets, along with 60% of the money. The Denver Broncos, 29% of the tickets, but 49% of the money is on those, or put 40% of the money 
is on those guys. One of the lowest over-unders of this whole entire slate here at 41.5. We have 39% of the public is, is taking the under here, but 61% of the, of the money is on the under. So it's basically flipped on the other side, too. If you look at what the over is, 61% of the mo- tickets, 39% of the money. So the Sharps here like the under for once. I actually get to agree with the Sharps and pretend that, that I'm sharp with sports betting. Um, but I just I don't, I don't like this game. We don't know about Cortland Sutton. I don't think he's going to play. Jerry Judy can't catch. I If Saquon Barkley goes eight carries or whatever for minus eight yards against Pittsburgh, there's no way in hell that I'm playing Melvin Gordon, even though Phillip Lindsay's hurt and out. People are going to see Melvin Gordon's like 5,200 on DraftKings, and they're going to say, oh, you know, it's a bad matchup, but hey, it's Melvin Gordon. Maybe they'll, they'll throw it to him. Maybe like – I'm out, man. Not for me. I, the, the most interesting play here is Deontay Johnson, who is only 4,500. And just if, if you look at the numbers, I mean, so if we just look at it, so let me sort these guys by team. And I'm, so, I'm sorry if you guys can hear my kids screaming in the back, but I'm not going to stand up right in the middle of this damn thing and go yell at him. Um, okay, so let's just look at James Washington. Let's pull these guys out of the pool. So James Washington, Juju Smith-Schuster, Chase Claypool, Deontay Johnson. So Deontay Johnson, 32 point, God damn it, kids. 32.3%, uh, 32.3% uh, market share of targets. Juju Smith-Schuster, 19%. James Washington, 9%. Chase Claypool, 6%. Deontay Johnson had 32.3% of the teams. He had 10 targets to Juju 6. I don't know if that's going to continue. I don't know if that's going to keep up. I just know that Juju, if I pull up the expected points, yeah, Juju had over almost 15 expected points more than he should have had last week. Well, Deontay Johnson should have probably had five extra points on top of his 9.7. So he could do a little bit more with those 10 targets. He, I mean, he was in on eight. He was, uh, Deontay Johnson was in on 85.9% of snaps, one of the higher weighted opportunities on the whole entire slate last week. He's only 4,500. It's, it's, a, it's a matchup versus Denver that last week saw Corey Davis risen from the grave. So Deontay Johnson's a good play. You know, he's, I think he'll be a little popular, but I like Deontay Johnson. Hell, man, I like I like Big Ben here. I like Juju. Um, now that James Conner's back, I'm not playing him, and I'm not playing Benny Snell. Atlanta at Dallas, probably the most popular game of the week to stack. And if you're thinking about stacking this, if you're thinking like, oh, I, I got an idea, I'm going to get Dak Prescott, and I'm going to stack him with Amari Cooper and – CD Lamb, and I'm going to run it back with Julio Jones or Ridley. You're not going to be alone in your thoughts there. It's just you're not going to be alone. A lot of people are thinking about it. Um, this game has one of the higher totals on the slate at 52 and a half. We have the Cowboys as four and a half point favorites at home. 43% of the bets on the Cowboys, along with 48% of the money. The Falcons, uh, 57% of the tickets, 52% of the money. The over here is the popular bet among the public and the popular bet among the big money bettors. 77% of the tickets, 87% of the handle is going to the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, going to the over here, 52.5 in this Atlanta Falcons to Dallas Cowboys matchup. And the plays are all over the place. It's like who, it's almost like in this game, who don't you play? Ezekiel Elliott's going to be a core play for me, although we talked about the offensive line earlier. I do worry about Tyron Tyron Smith. 
this is an early game, so we'll find out about it early. But I feel like I just worry that it might have a similar impact to what um, to what happened last week with Lane Johnson for the Eagles. If he's out, you're already you're already missing Lel Collins. You are missing Lel Collins, right? I'm not, I'm not fucking crazy. You're missing Lel Collins. You're, you're, you're certainly missing Travis Frederick from from last year. Yeah, so Lil Collins, of course, he, he got put on IR two weeks ago. I just, I don't know, man. If you're missing Tyron Smith, I just, I've seen these Cowboys games where they've been in perfect spots, even versus the Falcons. I forgot if it was last year, maybe it was two years ago, um, whenever Tyron Smith was injured. I mean, I remember it seemed like it was going to be lined up for Dak, and um, Vic Beasley had a couple sacks. And it was just one of these games where Dak couldn't get it going. I think he threw for 200 yards or something. Um, Those things could derail the Cowboys offense. So just keep an eye on it. Even with that said, I'm thinking that he plays. Tyron does. And I'm just, I'm not going to be worried about Zeke unless, you know, we get real word from insiders around there that it's going to be looking bad for him. Um, Dak, of course, play him. Amari Cooper's too cheap at 6,300, play him. Michael Gallup, um, I mean, dude, Gallup last week, he didn't produce quite like you would think he did, but he was in on 95.8% of snaps. Um, it was just the targets. The I guess the targets weren't there. What, only five targets, so that would be, what, 13.5%. Just the, the weighted opportunity was way down, you know, way down low for him. Like C.D. Lamb and Michael Gallup basically had the same uh, weighted opportunity last week. C.D. Lamb is much cheaper. He's in play as well. He's going to be popular. Uh, especially over on, especially over on FanDuel, where he's only fifty two hundred as opposed to the forty seven hundred on DraftKings. No Blake Jarwin for this team means they're probably going to be dumping it off a lot more to CD Lamb, maybe even to Zeke Elliott. Uh, but Gallup's the kind of guy you know you, you can really beat these Atlanta Falcons uh, on the. You know, this is AJ Terrell and Isaiah Oliver. These are guys who. You, these are guys who. Uh, <laughs> Michael Gallup matches up well against them on the perimeter, and i i, I wouldn't want to I wouldn't want to fade Gallup. I just I think that for just a few hundred more, Amari Cooper is probably a little bit more interesting. I mean, it just everything. If I mean, four, fourteen targets last week. Um, it's that's I'm going to try and see if I can find seven hundred dollars to get up to Amari Cooper. That being said, he's going to be a lot more popular and. We know that Amari can man. Amari's at home, and he Amari usually shrinks versus tough competition. This is easy competition. I think Amari's good this week. So those are all great plays. Um, on the Atlanta side, you know who to play. I mean, you play Matt Ryan, you play Ridley, you play uh, Julio Jones. You could play Hayden Hurst. This could be a good spot for him to bounce back. Is is it going to be Hayden Hurst? Or is it going to be is it going to be Russell Gage? Because last week. We saw our boy Russell Gage only forty eight hundred this week. I mean that dude had twelve targets, twenty three point one percent market share. So I would certainly. I mean, did Russell Gage really score? Did he really have a twenty point four fantasy point game in PPR? Is that even can, they, can can that be can that be right? And it was right with this. And he was point. He was only point eight fantasy points over expectation. So it's like that game out of Russell Gage was exactly what was supposed to happen. Russell Gage, an interesting, another interesting play here in this kind of 4,800 uh, lower kind of – no, this is definitely a low sort of mid-tier range. I don't think I'm forgetting anybody there in, there in that one. 
play the players, but just know that if you're going to stack the game in a tournament, I mean, look, I'm not the one, I'm not the best one to give you tournament advice here. My, my mind works like a cash game guy, but I try my best man on these shows that I get on with tournament players and stuff, you know, for the tournaments I do play, I, I like to think about these things and I just don't know if like, if that means you got to avoid the Cowboys and the Falcons, or if that means and in cash, you shouldn't. Um, or if you just find, you know, you play the game, you love the game. There's some great values in the game, especially among the Cowboys pass catchers. And then you differentiate elsewhere. Or like my buddy Chief of Justice 06, I was asking him on the Roto Grinder show. I said, well, you know, if I love this game and I'm going to splash around in tournaments, I know I'm playing a few of these guys in, in cash, CD on FanDuel, Amari on DK. But if, if I'm playing tournaments and I still want to play this game because like, I think they're the best plays and I, I love the game situation, I want to stack it. And what he said, he, he said he feels the same way. What he's doing is he's playing Dak and Zeke and a pass catcher instead of Dak and two pass catchers. And he thinks that'll differentiate himself because um, a lot of the people will, will get off Zeke if they're onto the, if they're onto the Dallas passing game. And that could be a way to differentiate yourself within that stack. Minnesota at Indianapolis Colts. There are a couple of plays in this game that I love, and they're all on the Indianapolis Colts side. The Colts here are three-point favorites at home. Only 13% of the tickets and 16% of the money. Everybody is on the Vikings here, plus three. 87% of the tickets, 84% of the money. A pretty healthy over-under here at 48.5. We have the public liking the Vikings here. Two-thirds of tickets, 67% on the over 90% 90% of the money, though. So public sentiment is on the over, but the sharp support is certainly, right, certainly stronger than the public sentiment. The plays in this game, well, we just got now we have the Jonathan Taylor conversation. Jonathan Taylor is among the best prospects we at Roster Watch have ever scouted at the running back position. We've been doing this the way that you know us to do it all off season long, traveling to see these players, traveling to meet them, see them at practices, see them at training, seeing them at the senior bowl and at the combine and it, and it, you know, Exos and at Bomberitos and just all these different spots, right? Athletes first. And I mean, I think what maybe Zeke, Gurley, Saquon, That's that's rarefied air, dude. I mean, um, Jonathan Taylor is not just a fill-in running back that you go to roster watch to hear the scouting report on because you're interested in using him this week. It's you know what I mean. It isn't. It isn't like that. It's not like it was um, with. You want to hear our analysis of Malcolm Brown or Benny Snell or something like that? It's it's different. This this is this is an elite prospect who now is getting a chance because Marlon Mack, the starter coming into the season in an abbreviated offseason where these guys didn't get to practice, and this is a rookie we're talking about in JT, tears his ACL. And the big question about Jonathan Taylor coming in was, well, he wasn't used at all in the passing game. They would talk about it every year at Wisconsin, but they never used him in the passing game. Was he going to get used in the passing game here uh, for the for the Indianapolis Colts? And whenever you look at it, so last week he was targeted six times and he caught six different balls. 
He had he had 21 opportunities last week as only a 35.1% snap participant. He, he, he had a 13% market share of his team's targets. He had the same market share of his team's targets last week in that game versus, versus the Jacksonville Jaguars that DJ Chark did on the other side. So uh, when Jonathan Taylor actually gets the opportunity here versus, versus Minnesota, our number nine matchup of the week, He's plus 100 to score. He's only 5,700 on DraftKings. He's 5,800 on FanDuel. Like, on FanDuel, it's just like, how can you get away from him? I, my cash game mind says, and my prospecting mind, and my fantasy just uh, love football, love dynasty, love prospects, love all, like, and that goes into a lot of this, man. There's going to be a lot of professional DFS players out there who say stuff like, look, man, these fantasy nerds, these dynasty guys, they love this dude, Jonathan Taylor, but man, he's a, he, he's, he's, he's a rookie. He could fail. This could be a Naheem Hines game. He only has a 58 and a half yard rushing prop this week. I feel like when I see that prop, it's stupid. I feel like you know, I feel like that's dumb. I don't want to see it. I, I just, okay. So let me see. There's some fantasy news here. I, I, I get these alerts. And sometimes when we're on the show, I just want to make sure that I'm not, um, I'm not missing anything. It doesn't look like that's, Oh, that's, that's, that's more stuff about the saints game. Okay. Um, but Jonathan Taylor is a great play. <laughs> he's a great play. I'm not sure he's a great tournament play. Because he's going to be 40% owned. Because the dynasty world and the fantasy world and everybody, we, all we've been waiting is for Jonathan Taylor to get a chance and for him to get a shot. This is, this is where he gets his shot. This is like getting to run down there at Christmas and open the presents. And all of us that just follow this stuff year-round, we want to run downstairs and open up the Jonathan Taylor present like, like it's Christmas. And I'm hyped to do it. And so in season long, I love playing him. I've been trying to trade for him all week. Unfortunately, I'm in leagues with other people like me. But look, as cheap as he is in daily, I, I'm going to play him. Uh, but you know, like you guys know, and like I always say, I'm more of a cash kind of game player, and that's the way I think about things. I was asking though, Chief, earlier on our Roto Grinder show. I was like, man, can I can I can I play him in tournaments? I think you can absolutely play him in tournaments if you believe in him and you and you want to do it. I just think it's going to make things harder to to differentiate elsewhere, and it's well within the realm of possibility that a guy like Ronald Jones, right in the same price range, who we didn't talk about earlier when we talked about Tampa Bay, but I mean, he should be. We should have talked about him, Devin Singletary, you know. Um, we talked about who we talk about. We we didn't we didn't talk about you know we didn't we didn't talk about Gurley, but you know Gurley. Um, you know everybody's on Julio and Ridley and stuff. What if it's a Todd Gurley game? It could be a Todd Gurley game. So Kenyon Drake, who we'll get to. So there there are pivots off of JT, but boy, what an exciting play he is this week, and what an exciting play Paris Campbell is this week. So. What sucks for me is I want to play JT and I want to play Paris Campbell, but in tournaments I don't want to I don't want to play any Vikings. So what do I do? I think it's probably in tournaments. As much as I hate to say it, in tournaments I might not play John. I'm, uh, I can't even say it. I can't bring myself to say it. I might play Naheem Hines over John. Uh, I can't make it come. I can't make it come out of my mouth. 
Paris Campbell, a four and a half reception, 45.5 uh, <laughs> receiving yard over under. He's plus 165 to score. Looked, looked like the number one wide receiver last week for the, uh, for the Indianapolis Colts. Hope you guys, uh, hope you guys are enjoying owning him. That you've used the cheat sheets at rosterwatch.com for season long. And uh, the other thing to mention, Jack Doyle is going to be out of this game. So maybe opens the door for a cheap Mo Alley Cox there. I did notice he's got, he's got a two and a half reception over under with juice on the over there. So Vegas is projecting him for about three catches. If he can do that, he, he is minimum salary over on uh, over on DraftKings, And so you might want to, might want to give Mo Ali Cox a look if you're just scraping from the very bottom of the barrel. You need somebody even cheaper than Chris Herndon. That could be where you look. All right, uh, one more game before we get into the afternoon games. That's Buffalo at Miami. Thankfully, not too many plays to get to in this one. Even though I keep, I, I do, I, I, I do the show right after my Roto Grinder show. So I'm, I'm always talking about my friends Cardi and, and, and Chief. Cardi's a real cash game dude. Chief's a real tournament guy, and Chief always has some off-the-wall plays, but his favorite play of the week is Stephon Diggs. So take it for what it's worth. Uh, Stephon Diggs this week, Chief, Chief Justice 06, one of, the, one of the true goats in the GPP streets over on FanDuel is going to be all over Stephon Diggs, and that's uh, his biggest conviction play of the week. I love playing Josh Allen this week because as I look at ownership here, all he did last week was go absolutely fucking ham on people, and now he gets to go to Miami, and he's only going to be like 5% owned. So... Yeah, dude, it's um, that is that is something that I'm very, very, very interested in. And like I mentioned about Devin Singletary, if you look at the props from Vegas, it's like Devin Singletary basically has the same. Um, even if you, even if you, even if you look at their scoring, uh, you know, Jonathan Taylor is plus 100 to score. He's even money to score. Devin Singletary, I believe, was plus 165. But even when we take those into account through our algorithm, they basically have the same projected output uh, on the on the week. So those kinds of guys, I mean, Devin Singletary, Zach Moss, I don't, I don't think I would play him. I'm interested in running out, uh, running out uh, Josh Allen naked, which means running out Josh Allen without anybody connected to him and hoping that maybe he like runs runs into for uh, runs into for touchdowns and continues to get it done through the year. I mean, Jesus, last week we saw him attempt 46, 46 passes and also attempt 14 rushes. So if we keep getting that out, you, you tell me like, are we, why, why not? Why is Josh Allen going to be sub 5% owned? I, he's one of my, the more and more I talk, I'm, I'm talking myself onto Josh Allen as a way to get off these chalky stacks where everybody's going to be, or these chalky lineup bills where he's going to be paying up for Zeke, Derrick Henry, Jonathan Taylor, and getting a Kyler Murray, a quarterback. If I can just pay up, if I can find a way to pay up 600 more from Kyler Murray to Josh Allen, maybe there's, maybe there's something I could do there. And also once I do that, it, 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 it doesn't handcuff me to stacking Kyler with a Christian Kirk play that I'm, that I'm not bought into at all. Miami, don't care one bit about it. Speaking of Christian Kirk, let's go to the next game. Washington uh, at Arizona. This will kick off the uh, 3.05 p.m. Central window. Yes, I'd said Central, the greatest and only time zone. <sighs> let's see. This game, um, Cardinals are six-and-a-half-point favorites at home. 86% of the tickets, 91% of the money are on the Cardinals. So they don't think that Washington is going to keep things going like they did last week. Under Scott Turner, where this thing, uh, the over-under, 47-and-a-half. Now, the public's all over the over, 62% of the tickets, 84% of the money. Um, what we saw last week was Scott Turner in Washington 
Well, we saw a couple things. One, this is a good front seven defensively that we talked about. Two, they run fast. So this game projects to be fast-paced. You saw Arizona last week whenever they got going, throwing to DeAndre Hawkins 38 fucking times, just like no huddle. Like that thing was moving. Washington last week, one of the fastest paced teams, too. This is gonna be this is a good game to stack. Um Kyler, DeAndre Hopkins. There's been a lot of talk about Christian Kirk. I'm not sure I'm buying into it, but it does feel like one of those things where it's like the DFS community is pretty smart, and you see a guy that only got what 13.5% of the targets last week and absolute did absolutely what did he even do? He didn't even do anything. He didn't catch it. He had five targets and he caught one pass. Middling, middling weighted opportunity, but on the field, 76% of the time. I just, what's the, he's only plus 275 to score. I'm not sure what the exact sell is on Christian Kirk, except he's 4,300. And the people that want to have the lineup build that I've been talking about that want to have Kyler Murray want to play Kirk because it makes sense for the stacking partner. And I think that is why Christian Kirk is, is being somewhat talked up here in this spot. I'm not going to be interested in him there. Um, what about when we look at – where's my DeAndre Hopkins stuff here? Where did I – let's see, DeAndre Hopkins. Okay. Um, so now whenever we go to DeAndre Hopkins, 43.2% team targets, the highest weighted opportunity on the entire slate. I mean, 93.9% of snaps. He went, I mean, he went for 29, he went for 29 points. And that was only for, only about 3.5 points over expectation. Just Hawkins is a good play. It's a bad secondary that Washington has. Let me see the two. I think they've got some banged up injuries too. Oh, you can't search for Redskins. Uh, I don't want, I hope, hope I don't get canceled for using that word. So who do they have here? Oh yeah, Kendall Fuller is questionable, so they could have they could be missing they could be missing a starting corner as as well. So Hopkins. Then on the other side, go back to Terry McLaurin, uh, please. He's too cheap this week. I'm going to go back to Antonio Gibson in tournaments because I love Antonio Gibson, and I'm going to just have a little Peyton Barber like voodoo doll. I'm just going to be stabbing with a little pen and saying you can't get the you can't steal my Antonio Gibson touchdowns. Oh, Bogan Thomas, uh, cheap tight end that you can look to as well. If you're just not buying into the Herndon thing, uh, a little bit more attainable over on DraftKings at 3,600, or I'm sorry, on FanDuel at 4,700. Uh, on DraftKings, he's 3,600 though, so pretty cheap. Just two, He's only 200 more than Herndon. Uh, he is 400 less than Herndon over there on, on FanDuel. And Logan Thomas last week, I mean, Eight, eight, eight targets. <laughs> he's athletic. He's good. And we know what a great matchup the years on the Cardinals have been versus opposing tight ends. The only reason we didn't see George Kittle go absolutely ham last week was because he, uh, he hurt his knee there uh, right before the end of the end of the first half. Okay. Kansas city at the Los Angeles chargers, a game that we just haven't heard enough people talking about for, I mean, for a 47 and a half over under Kansas city's an eight and a half point favorite here. The money is all on the chiefs. The public's all on the chiefs. Nobody thinks that the Chargers even hang here. So 
play your Chiefs if you want to. It's an expensive stack. I don't know how you're going to do it if you're going to play the other guys, but I'll tell you what it's going to do. It's going to give you a different. It's going to give you a different construction than everybody else. If you go Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill or something, or Mahomes and Clyde and Tyreek, bring it back with some kind of Mike Williams on the other side. Mike Williams, like we talked about, the top eight and weighted opportunity last week, playing with like a half a shoulder. Now that was against Cincinnati. So, you know, take that for take that for what it's worth. But um, we did see that Tyrod Taylor definitely has a huge connection with Mike Williams. He's not afraid to throw it down the throw it down the uh, football field to him. But I just, you know, no one's going to play Patrick Mahomes. If they pay up, they're going to pay for Lamar Jackson, or they're going to say, "Man, I could I could pay I could get down to Dak Prescott and stack up that Dallas Atlanta game." It's it's a you know, if you, if you play Mahomes and Kelsey, you don't even have to bring it back with a player over there on that other side. Mike Williams represents himself, represents a pretty good bring back, though. I could never play Austin Eckler after seeing him only get one. Did he only get one target last week? I mean, I don't know what the I don't know what the hell they're thinking about. It just goes to show Naheem Hines' gain with Phillip Rivers is Austin Eckler's loss. It's just like him and Drew Brees, man. Phillip Rivers and Drew Brees. Are just the dump off kings. They 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 dump it off to these guys. Austin Eckler last week. How do we even have him? I don't even want him. We need to move him down in our damn rankings, really, because I don't even want him. He's like we have him as a high end RB two. I don't even one one target last week. I mean, I just I don't get it. I really don't. So we'll have to see what happens with Austin Eckler. He's plus 120 to score. He's a much better price on FanDuel. It's just the way he's being used is just such so bad. And it's like when he was playing against anybody good last week in Cincy. So, look, the Chiefs were overlooking this game. People are overlooking it. Um, if you're looking for a tournament special, Maybe this is it. This this could be it. This could be it for you. It could be it, man. All right. My guy, Minion Hunter, is still around. We finally got to it. Baltimore Ravens at Houston Texans. We got Lamar going to a dome. Lamar, is Lamar, did Lamar play in a dome all last year? Let's see. Let's look at Lamar's game log from last year. Have I ever seen Lamar Jackson in a dome? I'm trying to think. Last year, Miami, no. So Arizona, yes, he had a 33.6 pointer there. KC, no. Cleveland, no. Pitt, no. Cincy, no. Seattle, no. New England, no. Cincy, no. Houston last year. He played Houston last year? He had a 35 pointer in Houston. San Francisco, no. Buffalo, no. So in his two games last year in domes, he scored between 34 and 38 fantasy points. 34 and 30. He scored between 33.6 and 35 fantasy points in domes. Um, I love Lamar. Of course, you're going to want to play him. Uh, you probably want to play Marquise Brown, even though there's been talk that Bradley Roby was really good against Tyree Kill, kind of coming from the PFF fish crowds. I don't give a shit. It's like you play play Marquise Brown if you want to. He's right there in that sweet spot, that 6,200 sweet spot where it's hard to decide. Like, do I go with Mike Evans, Amari Cooper, Marquise Brown? But for, for that reason, that, that's kind of where I want to live this week with my wide receivers and why I'm just I can't be as all aboard with Devontae Adams as I was last weekend. And I, you know, you hate to see it. The, the other guy I just can't get completely all aboard with. 
even with how he was going to be used and the number of targets that he got before is just on the other side is Will Fuller just because of the matchup. 